Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you very much, J.M., taking a look at another Classic World Series today here on Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or T-L-O-P-N, or Tlopin. Please remember to download, rate, and subscribe to this program on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any program here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow me on Twitter as well at DC underscore Lundberg. L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G for those who are indeed scoring at home. Yesterday, we lo- I almost said last night, but yesterday we looked at the 1905 World Series, which featured Christy Mathewson's three complete game shutouts. We're going to fast forward exactly 100 years to the 2005 World Series. And yes, this was a four-game sweep, but every single game was close, every single game was good, and the series did have historical significance. Representing the junior circuit were the Chicago White Sox, who finished the regular season with a record of 99-63, and tops in the American League Central, and the best record overall in the American League, and only one game behind the St. Louis Cardinals for best record in all of baseball. They had not won the World Series in 88 years. The previous year, 2004, the Red Sox exercised their demons and finally beat the curse of the Bambino, winning their first World Series in 86 years, which is a series that I probably will be talking about in a future episode of this program. On the other side, you've got the Houston Astros. Now, wait a second. You might be saying to yourself, now, the Astros, they're in the American League. How come they're playing the White Sox? Aha, because the Astros were not always members of the American League. Up until only a few seasons ago, they were in the National League Central. And this was also before they started banging trash cans and wearing Apple Watches. In any case, this year they finished second in the National League Central. Behind the St. Louis Cardinals, they had a record of 89-73. and In the National League Division Series, they beat the Atlanta Braves three games to one. And in the Championship Series, they beat their division rivals, St. Louis Cardinals, in a six-game series, four games to two. Over in the American League side, the White Sox beat the Red Sox in the Division Series, their Division Series, in a three-game sweep. And in the American League Championship Series, they faced the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, a ridiculous name, and they won that series four games to one. Game one of this World Series took place at Comiskey Park. It was named something else by this point, but it's Comiskey Park on October 22nd, 2005, in front of 41,206 fans. Starting pitcher for the White Sox that day is Jose Contreras, the Cuban defector, and he was facing Roger Clemens. And the White Sox would be the first on the board in the bottom of the first inning against Clemens, with Jermaine Dye hitting a solo home run. That home run was negated in the top of the second by Mike Lamb, who hit a solo home run of his own off Jose Contreras. The White Sox got right back on the board, however, in the bottom of the second inning. An RBI ground out from A.J. Pierzynski. The force went to second, and Carl Everett scored. Everett would later play for the Mariners in a very inauspicious tenure. 
year. The White Sox had a few one-time Mariners on their team. We'll talk about them a little bit later. Later on in the inning, Juan Uribe hit a double, and he would score Pierzynski, and the White Sox take a 3-1 lead. Top of the third, Astros get it right back on a two-run double from Lance Berkman, scoring Adam Everett and future Hall of Famer Craig Biggio. In the bottom of the fourth inning, the White Sox would take the lead for good. This time with Wandy Rodriguez on the mound, Joe Creedy hit a solo home run, and they tack on an insurance run in the bottom of the eighth inning with an RBI triple from former Mariner Scott Podsednik, scoring A.J. Pierzynski. 5-3 was the final in this ballgame. Clemens only goes two innings, four hits, three runs. They were all earned. One home run, no walks, and a strikeout. Contreras, on the other hand, pitched seven innings. He gave up six hits. He also gave up three runs, also did not walk anybody. He struck out two and allowed one home run. Wandy Rodriguez on the Astros side, three and a third innings, four hits, one run. It was earned. It was that solo home run. He walked five batters, and he was the only pitcher in this ballgame to put anybody on base via a base on balls. Game two took place the next night, October 23rd, still in Comiskey Park. Former Yankee Andy Pettit would take the mound for the Astros, and he would be opposed by Mark Burley on the White Sox side, one of the top left-handers of his day. And it would be the Astros on the board first in this one on the top of the second, with Morgan Ensberg hitting a solo home run off of Burley. The very next frame, however, the White Sox would take the lead. Joe Creedy would hit an RBI single to score Aaron Rowand, who always played full out. He was fun to watch play center field. And the next batter, Juan Uribe, dunked one in between shortstop and right field. Pierzynski scores on the play, and Uribe's out at second. Odd play. That was the, uh, Those two runs would be the only runs scored that inning, and the White Sox take a 2-1 to lead, which was quickly erased to the next half frame on a Lance Berkman sacrifice fly to score Willie Tavares, tying the ball game at two runs apiece. The Astros would take the lead. Lance Berkman at the dish one more time, scoring two runs on a double. Brad Osmus and Willie Tavares once again. With the White Sox now behind 4-2, to Paul Konerko would give him the lead in the bottom of the set. With Juan Uribe, Tadahicho Aguchi, and Jermaine Dye aboard, Paul Konerko hits a grand salami off new pitcher Chad Qualls to give the White Sox a 6-4 lead. Top of the ninth inning, White Sox bring in their closer, Bobby Jenks. Jose Vizcaino at the plate, he hits a two-run single to score Jeff Bagwell and Chris Burke, tying the ball game at 6-all. Bottom of the ninth inning, Brad Lidge now on the mound, hoping to force extra innings. Juan Uribe flies out to open the frame. Next batter was Scott Podsednik, not a power hitter. In fact, he did not hit a single home run during the regular season. Well, guess what, gang? He parks one. A home run to right center field to give the White Sox a walk-off win in Game 2 of the World Series and in improbable fashion. Well, as I said, Pod Sednik, not a power hitter, very good contact hitter. He'd get you some doubles and some triples, world-class speed, not a home run hitter, and he gave his White Sox a walk-off victory with a home run in Game 2 against the Astros' closer, no less, Brad Lidge, who gets the loss in relief. Neil Kotz picks up the victory. We're going to talk about games three and four on the other side of this break, which is going to be led off with a word from Built Bar. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to play a game that I like to call Guess the Language. We're going to present today's advertisement in a foreign language, and you have to guess what it is. Take it away. Built Bar is a bar delicious de proteine, care este acoperit cu ciocolată 100% real. Sunt bogate în proteine. 
dar și sărace în zahăr, calorii și carbohidrați. If you guessed that the language was Romanian, congratulations, you're talking to a recording. But you are correct. That was Romanian for Built Bar is a great tasting protein bar covered in 100% real chocolate. They're high in protein and also low in sugar, calories, and carbohydrates. Or at least I sincerely hope that's what it said. In any case, that's true. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, high in protein, low in calories, sugar, and carbohydrates. They taste great. That is one thing that the ad did not mention. They taste delicious. I like these things. I do not eat what doesn't taste good. They're a great breakfast for if you're on the go. They're a great between-meal snack. Or they're great for a boost of protein before and or after a weightlifting regimen. I've been eating one after I have been done lifting weight, which I haven't done for a few weeks because of a couple of various illnesses. But I'm looking forward to going back... In any case, BuiltBar.com is the place to go to find these amazing protein bars, along with Built Boost Drink Powder and Built Go Energy Shots, talking just briefly about the drink powder. If you mix them with hot water, they are great to soothe a sore throat. Also, they're great when mixed with iced tea or or another flavored beverage. They're not just for using in water. Another little tip there from your host, DC Lundberg. Remember, BuiltBar.com is the place to go to find all of this. And if you try to use promo code GLIPGLAP, GLIPPITYGLAP, nothing happens. So just use promo code LOCKEDON instead, and that'll get you 20% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. If you've got a question or comment, send it on over to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, and I will consider using it for a future mailbag episode. Questions or comments about any subject are welcome and encouraged during this off-season. Any subject, as long as it's family-friendly, because this is a family show, as I like to say. Send those uh, questions and comments into LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. I'm still going to do at least one more mailbag episode before spring training commences. I'm not exactly sure when that's going to be. I want Jason Hernandez on that episode to reply to one specific email and that just has not worked out scheduling-wise over the last couple of, couple of weeks. But hopefully, hopefully pretty soon. Locked On Mariners will return upon the conclusion of this commercial massage. Now time for the second half of Locked On Mariners. Once again, your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you very much, Joey Martin. Locked On Mariners has returned, and it's now a day later than when I began recording this program. I started recording this program yesterday, and then I had to leave the house, and I was much longer than I thought I was going to be. Got home way later than I anticipated. So it's now a day later. It's Thursday. In any case, today we're talking about the 2005 World Series between the Chicago White Sox and Houston Astros. Thus far, uh, Chicago, pardon me, has taken games one and two at the artist formerly known as Comiskey Park. Game three took place on October 25th in Houston in Minute Maid Park, which was once Enron Field. Opposing John Garland for the White Sox would be Roy Oswalt of the Astros. Another very, very good pitching matchup. They'd both wind up going, you know, fairly long into the ballgame. Neither of them would factor into the decision. The Astros would be first on the board in the bottom of the first inning. Lance Berkman with an RBI single to score Craig Biggio. Astros would extend that lead with a Craig Biggio RBI single to score Adam Everett. That run is unearned. Everett had been caught stealing second base, but he was safe on an error by the shortstop. I guess he dropped the throw. 
So Everett's run is unearned. Later on in that same inning, Morgan Ensberg drives in Biggio on an RBI single of his own, and that run is also unearned. Bottom of the fourth inning, Astros extend their lead to 4 to nothing on a Jason Lane leadoff home run. White Sox get it all back, however, and then some in the top of the fifth. Joe Creedy leads off the inning with a home run. Juan Uribe singles, John Garland, the pitcher, strikes out, and then Scott Potsednik singles. Uribe goes to second base. With two runners aboard, Tadahito Iguchi hits a single to center field to score uh, Uribe. Podsednik goes to second base. Next batter, Jermaine Dye hits a single, and he scores Podsednik, and Iguchi goes to second base. Paul Konerko flies out to bring up A.J. Pierzynski with two runners still aboard, and he doubles to score both Iguchi and Dye, giving the White Sox a 5-4 to lead. They would carry that 5-4 to lead until the bottom of the eighth inning. Jason Lane once again, this time an RBI double off Dustin Hermanson to score Morgan Ensberg and tie the ball game. And that ball game would remain tied at 5 until the 14th inning. In the top of the 14th inning, Jermaine Dye of the White Sox would lead off with a single. However, he'd be immediately erased in a double play hit by Paul Konerko. The next batter was one-time Astro Jeff Blum, and he hits a solo home run to give his White Sox a 6-5 to lead in the top of the 14th inning. Aaron Rowand then singles. Joe Creedy then singles and Juan Uribe walks to load the bases. That brought up former Mariner Chris Widger, who had two tenures with the Mariners, and he walks to score Aaron Rowand. This was a disastrous inning for Ezekiel Astacio, and that Chris Widger walk would be the last pitch he would throw in this ballgame, as Wandy Rodriguez would come in to replace him and strike out Scott Podsednik to end this nightmarish inning for the Astros, but such a great inning for the White Sox. Astros try to get it back in the bottom of the 14th. Morgan Ensberg does lead off uh, by striking out against former Mariner Damaso Marte. There were a lot of former Mariners in this series. Orlando Palmero then walks, and Jason Lane pops out. Palmero then takes second base on defensive indifference, and he reaches third base on an error by the shortstop. Then Mark Burley comes into the game to replace Marte and stop the bleeding, as it were, and he induces Adam Everett to pop out to the shortstop. So the uh, White Sox protect their 7-5 lead. Mark Burley winds up getting the save in this ballgame, which is very, very odd for a starting pitcher of his caliber to figure in a save. Damaso Marte with the win. Ezekiel Estacio, pardon me, uh, loses the ballgame, pitching just two-thirds of an inning and giving up two runs, um, one of them on a walk, and he did walk two batters. John Garland pitched pretty well. Seven innings, seven hits, four runs, only two of them earned. Two walks, four strikeouts, and a home run. Roy Oswalt, kind of a mixed bag. Six innings, eight hits, five runs. They were all earned. He walks five, strikes out strikes out three, and allows a home run. White Sox now have a three games to none lead in this series. And starting game four for the White Sox, another former Mariner, Freddie Garcia. And he would be opposed by Brandon Back. This was a pitcher's duel, ladies and gentlemen. Garcia goes seven innings, allows four hits and no runs. He does walk three, and he strikes out seven. Back also goes seven innings. Five hits, also no runs. He doesn't walk a soul, and he would strike out seven. Both teams would trade zeros until the top of the eighth inning. Brad Lidge will take the mound for Houston, 
and he allows a single to Willie Harris to to lead off the inning. Scott Podsednik then sacrifices him to second base. Carl Everett pinch hits for Tad Aguchi, but he grounds out to the second baseman, but that does send Harris to third base. So it is a productive out. Jermaine Dye is the next batter, and he singles up the middle on a ground ball. That scores Willie Harris, giving them a precious one to nothing lead. Paul Konerko fans to end the inning. Cliff Polite uh, is now pitching for the White Sox, heading into the bottom of the eighth inning. Craig Biggio leads off by grounding out. Willie Tavares is then hit by a pitch, and he immediately takes second on a wild pitch. Lance Berkman is then intentionally walked. Morgan Ensberg hits a fly ball to center field, which is an out. Uh, Tavares does advance to third base, however, so the Astros may have something cooking. Not so much. Neil Kotz comes in to replace Cliff Polite, and veteran Jose Vizcaino grounds out to the shortstop, ending what could have been a good inning for the Astros. In the top of the ninth inning, the White Sox strand A.J. Pierzynski, who led off the inning with a double. Bottom of the ninth inning, do-or-die time for the Astros. White Sox closer Bobby Jenks now pitching. Leading off the inning for the Astros is Jason Lane, and he singles to center field. Next batter is Brad Osmus, who sacrificed Bunce Lane to second base. Chris Burke pinch hits for the shortstop Adam Everett, but he fouls out. Shortstop winds up making the putout. Orlando Palmero then pinch hits for the pitcher's spot Brad Lidge, and he is their last hope. Can he get Jason Lane across to tie the ball game and at least force extra innings? No, he cannot. He hits a weak ground ball to the shortstop, and that gives the White Sox their first World Series championship in 88 years over the Houston Astros. And even though this was a four-game sweep, all four games were very close and very, very exciting. World Series MVP is outfielder Jermaine Dye. Well, gang, that'll do it for today's episode. We're going to be doing this again tomorrow, another classic World Series recap. And just like the end of the last one, I do not know which World Series we're going to be talking about tomorrow. However, on tomorrow's program, I know that we will have Buster Poindexter, Rudy Begaman, and a paint sprayer on the panel. That's one you're not going to want to miss. So remember to download, rate, and subscribe to this program on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app that may happen to spring into your mind. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners, and follow me on Twitter at DC underscore Lundberg. I hope you enjoyed this look back at the 2005 World Series, a little recent history, and tomorrow probably going to go back a little bit further in time. I'm not exactly sure how far yet. I'm not exactly sure which World Series we'll be talking about. Again, I've got you know three, four, five ideas right now in my head that I could do, and I'm sure that I can come up with many, many others. In any case, I do hope you uh, join us tomorrow for another look back at a classic fall classic. Talk to you then. This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 